Mike is going to start working right now because it's Christmas. Hello. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Cornerstone. I want to take a moment to uh, just welcome everybody that is watching online and uh, any one of our uh, many locations. Uh, we want to say hello to everybody in Brentwood, Danville, uh, Walnut Creek, and Hayward. And uh, we're so glad that, uh, that you're watching today and that, that you're here. I believe that uh, no one is here uh, on accident as we continue a series uh, entitled Prepare Him Room. And uh, over the past uh, couple of weekends, we've been looking at the Christmas story during this Advent season and looking at the different locations where this story unfolds. And today, um, I get to uh, look in Luke chapter 2, um, and we're going to be looking at um, the area, the location of the temple. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much for this amazing church. Um, I pray, God, that today uh, you would show us how to prepare room for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, I am a, uh, an ultimate clean freak. Um, whenever uh, I travel, as soon as I get home, I unpack my bag and instantly do the laundry, put it away. Like, I, I just can't, can't stand messes. Uh, people told me that when uh, we would have a kid, they said, hey, don't bother washing your car. Your car is always going to be dirty. Your car is always going to be dirty, not my car. Um, I purchased an annual pass. I get my car washed every day, okay? Like, I have problems. Pray for me, okay? So uh, I, I, just, I like things clean. I like things neat. And um, as we are raising um, this three-year-old named Jackson, he's outgrowing all of his stuff as that's what happens with children. And he's getting sick of his old toys. So my wife is a genius. So what she decided to do was to gather up all of his old toys, put them in storage for six months, and then bring them back out at Christmas. So now he thinks he got all these brand new Christmas gifts. And he's like, whoa! I'm like, babe, you are a genius. This is working really, really well. And, uh, but ultimately, uh, each and every one of us uh, has to find space in our home for, for old stuff. Uh, it's just kind of the natural thing. Um, every single person under the sound of my voice has a junk drawer. Here's what's in our junk drawer. Junk. Stuff we don't want. Stuff we don't need right now. I mean, when you buy a new iPhone, what do you do with the little white box? Can't throw it away. What if I'm going to sell it in a couple years? Got to keep it in the junk drawer. What about the chargers that stop working? Well, it might work sometimes, so let me keep them in there. The batteries, receipts, you know, mailers, you know, coupons. Like, I'm not going to use this today, but I might go to Lowe's in a couple weeks. Who knows? So, um, ultimately, we have created space for our junk. Some of you don't just have a junk drawer. Some of you have a junk garage. You have a two-car garage, you can only fit one car in it, okay? Like, like, you've got so much stuff, like, you've got a junk attic, you got, like, like some people are just okay with the mess. Like, some of you, uh, your room uh, looks like this. Now, there are two types of people in the room. The first type of person, you look at this photo and you think to yourself, what? <laughs> What's the problem? Why are people laughing? What's going on? Uh, this is a normal scene for you. This doesn't bother you. This doesn't, doesn't do anything. This is what your car looks like. This is what your trunk looks like. Like this, this is your life, okay? Then the second type of person in the room, you're mad at me right now that I even put the photo on the screen, okay? 
you want to go find this individual and help them now. You will send money to them. Like, can we do a missions program to help this person? Like, whatever we need to do, you already can see gloves on your hand. Like, you want to go help this person right now. Uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, there may be a room in your house that looks like this, and that's okay. And maybe it's okay for your trunk to look like this. Maybe it's okay for your attic to look like this. Maybe it's okay for there to be a, a, a drawer in your house that looks like this, but it's not okay for your life to look like this. It's not okay for your marriage to look like this. It's not okay for your finances to, to look like this, your relationships with your friends to look like this, for your career to look like this. And, and during this series, we've honed in on, on this thought. I, I don't think it's okay for our schedule to look like this. I mean, I mean, some of us just fall prey to an absolute messy schedule, and there's, there's no room for Jesus. There's no room for anything else that's more valuable than what our life is so full of, what we will find in Luke chapter two is that Mary and Joseph made room for God in their life in an area where they needed to be obedient. The Bible says this, Luke chapter two, starting in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Then it says, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, you might hear someone on this stage use the term the law of Moses or the law, but we rarely actually go to it and, and actually see what the law actually says. And so in Levit Leviticus 12, 8, we find that um, it says this, and if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. What this is letting us know is um, there, there was um, the ultimate sacrifice that you could give was a lamb. Like that, but people that had a lamb also had means to get one. But if you couldn't afford it, then you would give the secondary amount. So what this tells us about Mary and Joseph is that these were not wealthy individuals. This was not a wealthy family. They're simply giving what they can with what they have. And, and here's what can often happen with us is when it comes time to giving or of our time and our resources, we instantly are like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't have that much time to give. I don't have that much money to give. So it's like, oh, I'm just not going to give anything. But what I love about Mary and Joseph is this, is that they didn't let what they didn't have keep them from giving what they did have to God. They didn't let what they didn't have keep them from giving what they did have to God. I mean, on, on some level or another, you might be looking at your schedule right now and go, dude, if you saw my schedule, there, there, I really don't have time for God. I want to spend time with God, and I know that's bad, and I know he should be the priority, but if I'm honest, I just, I really don't have time. I work 70 hours a week. Like, let, let's just take... Let's just, have a, let's just have a conversation with me. Let's just get a little coffee here, okay? Like, let's just take Christmas parties off the list, off the schedule, okay? Let's take uh, Christmas shopping 
off of the schedule, just for now. Let's just take the holiday hustle away from our schedule just for a moment. And in light of that, this is what I believe. You may not have a lot of time for Jesus, but what do you have time for? I mean, let's just, let's just talk for a second. Let's just talk about our schedule for a minute. Um, I downloaded this app, which I highly recommend you do not download, okay? Um, what it does is it measures the amount of time you spend on different apps, okay? I downloaded it for a day. I said, this is the devil. I don't like this, okay? It's telling me things about myself that aren't true. There's, there's no possible way that I spent a few hours on one particular app. That's just, that's insane, okay? So I deleted this and said, I don't, I don't like what this is doing to me. It makes me feel like I'm a horrible person. But what it showed me was this, is that while I feel like I'm a busy person, once I downloaded this app, it told me that I had actually quite a bit of time for social media. It, it actually showed me that I, I had about 20 minutes for the ESPN app. <laughs> I, I mean, like, like, cause you and I, we're just having a talk, we're just chatting right now, okay? And if you and I are sitting down having coffee and I borrowed your phone, what would your phone tell me you indeed have time for? Would it then tell me that you have time for Instagram? Would it then tell me that you have time for Amazon? Would it then tell me that you have time for fantasy football? Would it tell me that you have time for your friends, but you, but you, you, you haven't really made a whole lot of time, you haven't really prepared a lot of room for Jesus? Let's just take it one step further. Let's just say um, I were to take a fine-tooth comb through your DVR. What would AT&T, Comcast, DirecTV, what would they tell me that you have recorded, prepared, set aside time for? Would it then tell me that you have set aside time in your week for HGTV? Like, do you have time for Chip and Joanna Gaines this week? <laughs> we love Chip and Joanna, don't we? I mean, like, like, just think about that for a second. What do you have time for? Let's just take an even step further because we're just having coffee right now, okay? We're just having a chat. Let's just say I were to borrow your Netflix login or your cousin's Netflix login because I know you don't use your own, okay? Like you borrow, you got your brothers, your friends, you know, there's so many different accounts that you can log into, but whoever's paying for it, we don't know, but let's just say we were to log into your collective group's login. If I were to go to the continue watching section, how long could I scroll? Like, like, what have you made time for? I'll, I'll never forget when I was first introduced to the show 24. I said, I, I, I started with season five and I said, what's gonna happen to Jack Bauer? I gotta know what's gonna, gonna happen to Jack Bauer. And I, I, I started in the middle of season five and after each episode, I would go, well, I have to know what happens next. I have to know what happens next. And, and before the night was over, we had, we had finished season five and I said, what is this show? They're like, dude, it's 24. You've never heard of 24? I said, no, I've never heard of 24. They said, would you like the DVD of season one? I said, absolutely, I would like the, the season one DVD. And I started at 7 p.m. And you know the rest of the story. <laughs> 24 hours later, I was done with season one. I didn't sleep. I forgot to eat. I skipped basketball practice, class, my job. It's like, I, I, I mean... All of you know at least one person 
that it says, you know, I'm going to take a day off to catch up on Stranger Things. Okay, I, I, I'm going to take a day off to catch up on Game of Thrones. It's like, it, it's almost like bragging rights. How fast can you watch a show? Like, man, I watched all seven seasons in two weeks. You're like, wow, this is amazing. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you heard anybody say, I'm going to take a day off work and spend time with God? When was the last time you heard somebody say, I'm going to prepare him room. I'm, 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 I'm going to take a day. I'm, I'm going to take a vacation from life for a moment and just invite God to meet me right where I'm at. Can you imagine if we did that? Can you imagine if we paused our life long enough to prepare him room? Because we are preparing room for a lot of stuff that isn't sin, that isn't bad but it's also not adding a whole lot of value to your marriage. It's also not adding a whole lot of value to your career. It's also not adding a whole lot of value to your kids. But yet we make so much space for things that aren't adding value. Can you imagine if you just added a little bit more space, created a little bit more space for God, the the one that can add a whole lot of value to your life? This isn't about... Oh, you shouldn't be on fantasy football. I'm on fantasy football. Hey, you shouldn't watch Netflix. I watch Netflix. But it's, it's about going, wait a second. I just want to make sure that on a daily basis, beyond the Christmas season, but on a daily basis, the most important thing is the most important thing. Because I've created a whole lot of space. I've prepared a whole lot of room for a whole lot of other stuff. And you have too, not just in this holiday season. This is, this is a year-round thing for our schedule. Now, the story continues like this in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him, blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now, here's what's amazing about this text is you have a guy that has been living his whole life waiting for one moment for it to make sense. He's just being faithful. He's just being obedient, and it had been revealed to him that he would eventually see the Messiah. Can you imagine how many days he was, the Bible says, devout? How many days he was in prayer going, when am I going to see it? 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 And then in one moment, all of his obedience, all of the cumulative obedience makes sense in one single moment. And this is confirmation, not just for his life for it to make sense, but also for Mary and Joseph. Uh, also, what, what, we're, what, what happens in Luke chapter 2 is there's another prophetess named Anna 
who also confirms some things about who Jesus really is. And what, what is amazing about this text is, is Simeon reveals that Jesus would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Like when you see the word Gentiles, we're talking non-Jews, which means outsiders get to be insiders. This is revolutionary to people reading this text. They're going, what? he's going to do what? Like, we understand the consolation for the Jews, for Israel, but this Jewish audience is going, he's going to do who with when? And, and all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph realize that they got a real special kid on their hands. I mean, if an angel came to you and told you that God was going to get you pregnant, you might have a few questions yourself. You might not believe that. Let, let, let your virgin girlfriend call you talking about some she pregnant. See, see, see how that goes, okay? Like, like you, you, might, you might lose it yourself. On some level, you may pinch yourself every now and then and go, what in the world did we get? Our, even after the baby is born, you're going, wait, you said what? You said you saw an angel. Maybe I just had a little bit to drink that night. I don't know if it really was an angel. Like, you might have some doubts yourself, yet, yet this man and this woman have met Mary and Joseph on a journey where they're going, hey, just, just so you know, God is in the midst of what you're doing. God is in the midst of what you're doing. And so what you have is you have two people that are being faithful to God, and, and then the stars begin to align. And here's what I want you to know today. Our obedience, this slide is going to pop up. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be magic. And when you, talk, when you see what, see, here it goes. Okay. Our obedience to what God is prompting us to do doesn't just impact our destiny, but also the destiny of others. There is somebody that is connected to your obedience. There is somebody that is perhaps waiting on your obedience. The Holy Spirit has been prompting you to do something, and it doesn't make any sense to you at all. I'm like, why would I do that? And I'm telling you, there is somebody that is, is sitting Somewhere in this world waiting on you to be obedient to what God has called you to do, is asking you to do, prompting you to do. And when you obey, you, it may not make sense, but only in hindsight. Um, the other day, me and my wife, we were, uh, we were planning to cook uh, for the evening. It was 6 o'clock. And out of nowhere, I say, babe, let's go out tonight. She says, okay, but we, we don't have a babysitter. And it's hard to find a babysitter parts of town we live on, our friends, other parts. And we rarely get a babysitter. And so I said, I'll find one. First call, bam, got a babysitter. Babysitter showed up in 20 minutes. We're like, it's a Christmas miracle. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm a, a pretty particular driver. Like, I, I make, I, like, my directions are very, very specific, okay? I take specific exits, avoid tolls on some exits, and, like, I, I can be pretty particular driver, like, a little bit OCD, as you can tell. Um, like I said, pray for me. And so we were, uh, we were driving, um, and I said, hey, where, where do you want to go? She said, I, I want to try this new restaurant. I said, okay, I know exactly where it is, and I know exactly what exits I need to take to get there. And I missed my exit, and I'm going... Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I, I said, I never miss my exit. We never get a babysitter. What in the world's going on? We're going to a brand new restaurant that we've never been to. And then uh, we get to the restaurant. The other thing you need to know about me is um, I hate being outside. I, I feel like bad things happen to good people 
outside. I feel like most people die outside, okay? Like, like, like when I hear stories about people that like died up in Mount Everest or died out in the ocean, I'm like, well, you could have solved your problem by just not going outside, buddy. So uh, I'm just not an outdoorsy person. It just, I, I feel safe right now, okay? Like, isn't this great? Like, we're all having a great time. Like, why do we need to go outside? So, um, so my wife, like, we'll be on vacation. She's like, let's just go sit on a patio somewhere. I said, no, you go sit on the patio all you want to. <laughs> it's your life, okay? Say goodbye now. We, who knows what could happen, okay? So, uh, so she's always been, like, trying to get me to eat outside. We've eaten outside, like, maybe three times in our entire marriage, in five years, okay? Like, like, it just doesn't happen. So we walk up to the hostess, and, and she says, would you like to eat inside or outside? Out of my mouth came outside. I said, what in the world? I said, is the devil work? What, in, what is going on? And my wife looked at me like, are you okay? I said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, something, like what in the world? And so the hostess takes us to one side of the restaurant and, and, and we're following her and she goes, nah. And then she goes to the other side of the outside of the restaurant. I go, what in, why are we on such a circus? We, we're just hungry. Like what in the world is going on? And so we, we finally sit down and I'm like, all right, cool, we're outside, we're gonna be safe, all right, I can endure this for an hour, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna be all right. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And, and all of a sudden, our, our waitress comes to the table, and she's got about 15 slashes on her wrist. And all of a sudden, babysitting, exit, and eating outside all made sense in a moment. And I, and I just looked at my wife and I said, oh, we're here for her. She goes, Ryan, I go. This, God knows this is the only reason why we would be outside, okay? Like, this is God, trust me. And, and I, and, and I've known people that have cut before, but most of the time, they actually do a really good job of hiding it. They hide the scars. We all do. We don't like showing our wounds to others. But she didn't hide them. And I, I couldn't tell if she wanted the world to know or not. But all I knew is that I wasn't supposed to be there. But I was supposed to be there. And I... My wife's like, so what are you going to do? I go, I don't know, but we're here. And we could have chosen any restaurant in the city, but we didn't. We could have taken the right exit, but we didn't. We should be eating inside, but we're not. Too many things are happening. This, this is a divine appointment, and we got a record. So we're, we're, just, we're just talking. And I, I said, hey, uh, are you okay? She said, oh, this. She goes, yeah, that was the season. And I'm like. Last week, this looks, this wounds look pretty fresh to me. I mean, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but I could, I, I, I see, I see scars. And she's like, oh no, it's just, just a little season. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. At the end of our meal, I said, hey, can me and my wife? Is there anything going on in your life that we can pray for? She goes, are you referring to the scars? And I, I said, we could talk about the scars, but we could talk about anything. Prayer is prayer. You, you tell me what you could use prayer for. 
And she goes, oh, well, I'll tell you about the scars. She said, um, I moved here because of my girlfriend, and then she broke my heart and left me. So I, I felt all alone. All I had was my dog, and then I lost my dog. And then the next week, my grandfather passed away. So I've just experienced tons of pain and tons of loss. And my family lives in Ohio, and I now live in Dallas, and I just, I had lost a job, and I just got this one, and, and tears began to stream down her face. And I, I, I felt her pain. I, I, I felt her loneliness. And then I started laughing. And, she, and I go, hey, I, I apologize. I'm not laughing at your pain, but everything that you just explained to me over the course of 10 minutes is all of these setbacks in your life. But the reason I'm laughing is because it's like all of these things that have been setbacks in your life, I believe are setups for where God actually wants to do in your life. And it's just so funny because I'm listening to your setbacks and I'm also thinking about the exit that I missed getting here and the fact that I'm even sitting outside. And I just go, the reason I'm smiling is because, not because I'm smiling at what happened to you in your past, I'm smiling because I'm looking at what's gonna happen in your future. And it's so bright. And I, I was just like, and I'm like, I'm almost preaching to her now. Like I'm almost like up in the chair. I'm like, I'm so excited for this girl. And I, and I just went, I'm like, hey, um, me and my wife from staff at this church, and you know, would you, you know, free to come in? She goes, I, I would love to come. I was like, that'd be great. I said, but honestly, I don't know that you, you need to come to meet God. And she said, a, she said a key phrase. She said, I've been looking for love. Well, what you and I know is, love has been looking for her. And so I, I, I just... I just said, hey, this is just what I, I feel led to do in this moment. I said, can, can me and I, I know you don't know me and my wife. We just met. This is a pretty heavy conversation for strangers. Nevertheless, uh, can me and my wife send you to Ohio to be with your family? Can we, can we, can we cover, can we cover flight? She goes, no. I, I, I would, I, I would never let someone do, do, do that for me. I said, hey, here's, let me just help you understand something about, about me and my wife. Um, me and my wife are not rich or wealthy, but the Lord has blessed me and my wife enough to be generous to other people. And whatever he's given us, we realize we live like this, waiting for a moment, and you're the moment. And what you have to understand is we weren't supposed to be here. We would never come to this restaurant. We just got a bit. And I start explaining the story backwards to her, and I go, that's what I believe God's love is doing for you. So let them show it to you. Don't even view it as, a, as, it, as it is for me. She goes, she goes I appreciate the gesture, but please, I, I, I could never accept anything like that. I said, okay. So we tipped her $250. <laughs> you work for me. You don't have a choice. And I said, have fun in Ohio. And I wanted her to experience God's love right where she was. I wanted her to know that God was up to something in her life right where, and that he could show up and he can send anybody he wants to her at any point in time of the day. That's how omniscient and how powerful he is. But for me and my wife, we just went out to eat. Just got a meal and just so happened to sit outside. Isn't it amazing what can happen 
with a little obedience and how it can make a big difference in someone's life. For them to see a whole picture of what God perhaps has been up to behind the scenes for a very, very, very long time. So my question for you today is this. Who's waiting on you? Who's your waitress? Who's your grocery clerk? Who's your banker? Who's your accountant? Who, who is, who's waiting on you? Perhaps um, not even just who's waiting on you, but who's counting on you? Is there a child? Is there somebody in your family? And you just haven't been obedient to what you know God has been prompting you to do. Man, somebody's destiny is, is waiting on you and who knows how the stars might connect. Um, you may have been a person that has cut before. You've been in a dark place. I want you to know uh, you're in the right place. You are sitting amongst a bunch of people that are not perfect. You are sitting amongst a bunch of people that simply brought the broken pieces of their life to a holy God. And uh, we would invite you to do the exact same thing. Now, this is how Luke chapter two ends. Um, the Bible says this. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. Now, what you have to understand about this feast is they would travel in very, very large groups. Think uh, home alone, traveling on a plane with your entire family. Kev's going to get left at home every now and then, okay? So um, traveling in a very, very large group, um, they, they, they assumed that he would be with relatives and acquaintances. And, uh, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. Now, here's what's interesting. They went a whole day before they realized Where's Jesus? I wonder how many times um, we get so busy with our schedule that uh, we could go days, weeks, months, even years and going, wait, when was the last time that I read my Bible when it wasn't a Sunday? Wait a second. Have me and God even really connected on this thing? Beware of allowing your walk with God to be on autopilot. For you could find yourself living for God without God. And uh, here's what, you, you never want to allow your schedule to get you to a place where you're living for God without God. You, you don't want to get so far down the road doing good things that you go, wait a second, where's Where's, where's Jesus? And uh, lastly, this is your homework. This is your Christmas homework. This is your lunch homework. You're gonna discuss this with your family. You're gonna discuss this with your friend. Um, this, this, is, this is your New Year's resolution. Okay, like th this is everybody's homework and, and, and I, I can't wait to hear uh, what you come up with. Okay, I want everyone in an effort to prepare him room. I want everyone to create a to don't do list. Uh, to don't do this. This is the stuff I'm not gonna do. So uh, during the Christmas holidays, during this season, you've got your to-do list, okay? You got stuff that you've just gotta get done. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick three things and just move them over to the to don't do list. Hey guys, here are the things we are not going to do. Me and my wife decided this year, not doing a Christmas photo. Why? 
Because when we do a Christmas photo, it's like a full-on photo shoot, and we got to get all these people's addresses. It takes hours, okay? Last year, we did like a catalog, and like my friends called me, and they go, well, I got your magazine, and this is great. You know, it's like, we go all out, so we just said, it's on our to-don't do list. And, and whatever you move to your to-don't do list, give that time to God. Because here's the deal. Um, we can tell you to prepare him room. Um, but here is the space in your life you're probably not going to give God some of your sleep. Like most of you aren't going to wake up an hour early for God. This is probably not going to happen. It might happen tomorrow because you feel guilty today, but Tuesday you'll wake up at your normal time. Okay, like, like that ju that's just life. For you to make room for God, something else has to leave the room. So you pick. The, your to-don't-do list isn't better than somebody else's. You're not bad for doing a Christmas photo. You're not bad for doing that. Ultimately, you've got to pick. So I'm going to tell you a, a couple things on, on my to-don't-do list. Uh, number one, I have this app on my phone called NBA, and I also have NBA League Pass. You might watch one basketball game at a time. I watch eight. Like I said, pray for me. So, um, so what I decided Tuesday nights, no basketball. And what me and my wife do is um, we turn on YouTube on our TV. We have a smart TV, and uh, we just put in worship playlists, and we allow uh, worship music just to go through our house, and whether it creates a, a healthy conversation or just time where we just spend with the Lord, um, here's what it means for us. It's a big welcome mat sign to God that says, hey, God, anytime you want to come to our house, you're welcome. And you are welcome here. Anything you want to do, L and God. In the event that a friend stops by, meet them here. May people walk in our home broken and leave whole. Like, let this be a place where you dwell. Like, that, that, that's what we want. And uh, so we, we, we do that often, and uh, we had some friends over. We said, hey, um, there were some football games on, and we just said, hey, can we just pray for you guys? And it's like, it was kind of awkward. I'm not going to lie. But you know what? I'd rather be awkward and intentional then, then regular and just go, well, we, we watched the game and they won. Yay. Have a good night. What value have we really had? And, and so we just started. We, I said, hey, what we're going to do, we're going to turn on a YouTube playlist because that's what we do when you're not here. And we're kind of giving you behind the scenes of what our home is like when, when no one's looking. And, and here's, and uh, we're just, you take some time to pray. We're just going to pray for each other. And there was a guy looking out our, our backyard window, and he had just gone through a divorce. And we talked about it from an information standpoint. Here are the dates. Here are court. Here's, here's how it's going to work out logistically. But we had never really talked emotionally or spiritually. And we all can fall prey to those conversations where we talked about it, but you didn't really talk about it. And as he's staring out the window, as his YouTube playlist is happening, uh, he just begins to weep. And it's something broke in him, and I watched his pain rise to the surface, and I watched God heal it simultaneously. And we all surrounded him and let him know, you're going to be all right. This isn't the end. This is, this is a new beginning for you. you you're you're going to be all right. And I thought to myself, this last hour could have just been filled with Doritos and a football game. I just don't know what that would have done for his pain. I, I don't know that it would have done something worse, but I don't know that it would have done something intentional. I don't know about you, but when somebody comes to my home, I, I want it to mean something, not just a stop by visit. 
I, uh, I fly and travel and speak a lot, so I'm up in the air. And a lot of times, what I love about being up in the air is airplane mode. Whether you want to put your phone in airplane mode or not, it's going to stop working. And so I, um, I, I love that, you know, all right, I've got a, a trip to San Francisco. It's a four-hour flight, and I instantly think, movie time, let's go. You know, it's like a time not only for my phone to be in airplane mode, but I get to be in airplane mode. Like, it's like, and if you, so I, I'm, it, it's, it's a great time for me to kind of decompress, and I, but I realized God has my flight schedule. And so I said, hey, Lord, instead of me watching movies, let's put this on my to-don't-do list. Um, you know when my flight leaves to San Francisco, would you meet me in the air? Would, could I give that four hours to you? Lord, could, could I read something? Could I read the Bible? Could I journal? Like whatever. Can I just give that space to you for you to speak to me, and out of that was birthed a challenge to myself to uh, finish, read, slash listen to um, 50 books in a year, um, and I finished number 26 yesterday. <laughs> um, and it has been absolutely life-changing, and I just think the accumulative effect of what I could have learned from uh, close to 150 hours of movies or books. You choose. Uh, in light of who you want to be, you should prepare room for Jesus. You, you, you should make space for Jesus. Because it's going, Lord, use these books, use the Bible, use whatever, like this, this moment belongs to you. I was in Denver speaking, and I had a day between speaking engagements, and so I called my friend. I said, hey, um, I want a cool spot to pray. Okay, like, I'm talking Moses type. Like, I want it to look cool. Like, I, I want, like, Rocky Mountains. Like, it better be awesome. And he's like, do I got the perfect place? And he sent me the address, and as I'm, I'm driving up the mountains, I look down at my phone, and it was such a precious moment. It said, no service. <laughs> and I just thought, the Lord's going to speak to me today because no one else can reach me but him. And he did. Here's my hope and prayer for you this Christmas season. Here's my hope and prayer for you in 2018 is that your life would find a place to be in airplane mode and that you would ask God to meet you there. My hope and prayer is that you would find yourself driving down some streets where you have horrible cell service and that your phone would be in, in a no service zone. And in that moment, I pray that you would either A, slow down and enjoy it or B, pull over. Pull over and ask God to meet you there and say, Lord, is there anything that you want to show me in this moment while I can't be reached by any else. I don't know what's going to be on your to don't do list, but I pray that it is something that has a little bit of value to you that you can give to God. And I believe God will meet you right there. And I believe that's how we prepare him. room. Jesus, thank you so much for this beautiful holiday season. I pray in the midst of our busy schedule. I pray God that we would make room for you. We'd make space for you. That we would make sacred some time for you in our homes, 
I pray that our life would find itself in airplane mode. I pray, God, that you would send us down streets. I pray, Lord God, that we would get lost every now and then and that we would lose cell phone service where no one can reach us but you. And I pray in those moments, God, that we would pull over and take heed to what you would want to say to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen. amen.